welcome to Diesel and Reeser. These are your hosts. I am Jeffrey Reeser, and I'm here with Stefan Diesel. Stefan, say hello. Hello, everyone. I'm here with one of my besties, and we will be talking about films past and present uh, and how they parallel each other and cinema moving forward. Just having a free and open discussion, two homies chopping it up. Today, uh, our films that we watched over the weekend, uh, pun intended, the first one is The Lost Weekend, Billy Mm -hmm. Wilder, and the second film that we watched was Another Round by Mr. Thomas Vinterberg. So the idea, I think, was basically that we want to talk about new films, but I felt like it made sense to to also be looking at an older film that somehow related so mm-hmm. that we're not just, you know, <clears throat> if we're only talking about new movies, then to me, that's kind of, yeah. it's like, whatever. Everybody's doing that. We got to do something different. Yeah. We got to, you got, you have to distinguish yourself. Somehow. Exactly. Exactly. What are you drinking right now? I'm drinking some water that has, <clears throat> it has a little bit of simply orange with mango in it. So it's like water. That's like, or the simply orange is diluted with water. It's something that my mom oh, used to do all the time, and oh. I, I used to rag on her for it. But um, it is kind of good when you're just, you know, it's basically like flavored water. It's like it's like it's like all the all the homies drinking seltzer these days, flavored right. seltzer. I'm drinking my flavored water flat. So like in, instead of soaking it in like <laughs> fruit, you're just, you know, how people do that where they just have the fruit sitting at the bottom yes, exactly. of the water. Mm-hmm. You're just sure. pouring the juice into there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've always felt that to be kind of wasteful. Like you have all this good fruit <laughs> and it's just there to like give the water this like little aftertaste. Right. And it's like you go to one of those big parties and like they're just – there's like two two pounds of fruit at the bottom. Yeah. And it's like what the fuck's going on? And, I, and me just being the hypochondriac that I am, I'm just hoping that – all that fruit, fruit was washed. The hands were washed before they cut it when they put it yeah, in. Yeah, for real. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a like, good – yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, it's kind of a perfect segue, actually, because the two films that we're talking about dig into drinking. Beverages. And yeah. beverages, you know, and, and, and how specifically, that Specifically alcoholic beverages. Exactly. Specifically alcohol um, and, and how main characters struggle, persevere, et cetera. Um, so we can we can jump into it, uh, you know. All right. So uh, I mean, okay. So we so the Lost Weekend, by the way, in mm-hmm. case you're unfamiliar, it was a movie that came out in 1945. Yeah, 1945, and it won. It was an Oscar-winning film. It won Best Picture, and I and I want to say uh, at least three other Oscars. And um, another round came out in 2020 and it's a danish film that also won an oscar won uh best foreign language or best yeah. international film and nominated for best director yeah which and stefan when i said <laughs> when i this will give you some idea of who what kind of guy stefan is <laughs> i <laughs> i was like i was like dude because we've been talking about seeing another round since yeah. it came out we were like fuck we gotta see what this is all about it looks yeah. it looks good and all this time had passed and we still haven't seen it. And I was like, okay, we should probably watch another round. And he was like, yeah, I really want to know how we got that best director Oscar nomination. <laughs> <laughs> like as if he did some like specific thing to like crack the code that got him the nomination. <laughs> Let's be honest. It was a week. It was a weak year. Like, yes. I mean, not that he, not that he didn't deserve it, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, Definitely. And because a lot of films. So, you know, I mean, we're dating ourselves here, but last year obviously was the year, uh, you know, of the coronavirus pandemic and everything was locked down. So many movies were postponed. So, you know, the movies that still did come out when they did last year and persevered through the crisis, at least through the few forms of distribution available to them, um, you know, found their way to be nominated for Academy Awards. But when it comes to best director, I I think uh, there's usually something, uh, and, and this is just coming from a background, you know, a, 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 as as a visual as a visual person and artist, that I'm always looking for that moment 
visually, I know that there has to be something striking for enough people in the Academy to vote up someone to get nominated for best director. So I, I, I do get eager. I, I'd say out of all of the nominations, like the thing that I'm most excited to watch is the best director, just to see how people are just innovating the medium or doing something, um, right. you know, emotionally in a moment um, in the context of cinema that I hadn't necessarily seen or thought of before um, or just, you know, a unique mashup, etc. Yes. In the context of cinema, indeed. Yeah. So the Lost Weekend is a sen- How would you describe that movie stuff? Lost Weekend. It's verbose. And no, but I mean, what is it about? Oh, 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 oh. Basically, um, you know, jumping into just like a synopsis for those who haven't seen it, it follows um, this guy who is, uh, a, you know, his name is Don, Don Burnham, and he wants to be a writer. However, he's been struggling with alcoholism. And from the opening of the film, in the first scene, we see him trying to hide a bottle of alcohol when he's supposed to be going on a trip for the weekend with his older brother who uh, is trying to take him away for the weekend, I guess, just to get over his, his, his addiction and, and hopefully find some inspiration to, yeah. to write again. He's been, he's been 10 days clean and then he keeps telling everyone that he hasn't had a drink in 10 days. So yeah, like that, that movie opens with the conflict i'd say like the screenplay for that movie is so damn sharp like in the opening scene there's a bottle hanging outside of the window a bottle of alcohol while he's packing up for the trip and he's trying to like find a moment while his brother is like getting everything ready and getting getting the door ready and bringing things down to the vehicle you know he's trying to find a moment so he can get to that bottle of alcohol that he has hanging from a string outside of his window and um, it's just one of the many packed like metaphors in the film, you know, it's like yeah. kind of hanging from a string. And and then one of there, there's a line in the film that actually I had to write down that I thought was just so fucking beautiful. And it's it's basically it's called the lost weekend because he ends up not going on the trip with his brother. And then he just devolves in this downward spiral of um, drinking. I mean, it's basically yeah. a it's basically a massive relapse. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other shit goes down, but like but from the beginning, the whole the point of the bottle thing is that he wants to he was he's trying to figure out how to get the bottle into his suitcase without his brother seeing, right? Yep. And um Exactly. So it's like he never planned on staying sober that weekend anyways. And it, well, what's the quote? Okay, the quote is when he's at the bar and he goes. He ends up at a bar later that day, Nat's bar, when he's having his first drink after ten days of being sober, and it's the condensation from the shot glass that uh, forms a, a circle on the on the bar counter. And I loved. He tells Nat, the bartender, he's like, "the cir- uh, the circle is the perfect geometric figure, no end and no beginning," and just like capturing mm-hmm. that symbolism of the cycle. And yeah. like it being this like drop, and then Billy Wilder does this beautiful thing. It's this beautiful crossfade, you know, where you see like a dozen of these like wet circles on the table, illustrating like how many <laughs> how many circles that you know like this guy's yeah. kind of like setting himself um, setting himself up for failure, you know, like th- going down this cycle again, like um, several different rings of where he's put th- the glass down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I thought that was like the movie's just packed with these, these kind of these metaphors like that, you mm. know, which are um, really, really beautiful. And, and I, I talked to another friend about watching this and and uh, and they had brought up that Billy Wilder wrote this movie because his friend had an alcohol addiction. Really? Which I, I, I mean, I, I haven't confirmed that, but I thought that was like really interesting. It was like a movie kind of like, a you know. Uh, 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 you know, in, in, an active in, in a, homieship. Yeah, an active homieship, a bromantic love letter <laughs> to his to a homie. One best picture. Yeah, wait. Before I, t- I'm about to just t- tear into this. I just wanted to show you. I'm drinking this. I started drinking kombucha, and Ooh. it's just pretty good. But look, <laughs> this tag on it that says nine billion probiotics for an energized day. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Like, I'm going to get... Okay, like, whatever. What, what the fuck does that mean? Nine billion... Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, you know? I'm getting nine billion uh, molecules. Anyway. People are all um, numbers these days. Like, honestly, one of the main reasons I wanted you to see this... Um, I had... By the way, I had seen this movie, like maybe eight years ago and I liked it and I didn't like it as much this time. It didn't, I liked it, but not it, but it, it wasn't like the classic to me that I remembered, but I'm glad that you liked it as much as you did. But the main reason I wanted you to see it was because of, um, I, for some reason, I really love that, uh, supporting character of the, uh, I guess she's a prostitute at the bar. Oh yeah. And how she speaks in like with those like abbreviations, like she's always saying ridic and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's ridic. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I thought that character was so interesting and like part of me kind of wanted them to end up together just cuz she's I don't know, like there's something like she's sad but like you know, she's kind of like a downtrodden character but um she's more interesting than than the uh, than the woman he starts out with even though she's like perfect. Mm-hmm. But I don't Gloria, know. There was, Gloria is the name of her yeah. character. And <clears throat> all of the supporting characters are pretty rich, I'd say, mm. in in the movie. Like, you know, Like I mean, the bartender. The bartender. Oh, I love Nat so much. Nat is just great. I mean, they picked the guy, you know, uh, Howard DeSilva with just the perfect face, you know, the perfect kind of like friendly, loving scowl, you know, kind of permanently in his face. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Right. And he's so reluctant every time to give a drink to Don, but it's like it, it's weird. It's like it's like it's out of friendship. It's out of you know a pl- being a place of business. And there's so many layers to it. And he's just like Don, get out of here. You know, like you, you, well, you and, and he doesn't even want to give him a because uh, he he ends up ditching Gloria, and that's the first uh, that's the first time that Nat decides to like turn down a drink to Don mm, is yeah. when, when he turns, you know, like when, when he basically slights Gloria and, and, and bails on her, he's just like, you know, that's such a horrible thing to do to a woman who's like in love with you, you right. know, to just leave her hanging like that. And yeah, I'm not giving you a drink. And I thought that was just like, really, there's some really poignant stuff with the characters, you know, like who, who did care for him as he's going through what he was going through. The, the, the things that I didn't, that I thought were missing from it. And maybe it was just the time, um when this was made were it, it just it seemed like dot like there were almost virtually like no hangovers you know very little like alcohol poisoning you know like i i i missed uh there's just some some like little details when it comes to alcoholism right. that i think i like to just see the, those as part of the experience you know because it's not alcohol is like getting drunk but it's like all the other things that come with it you know, but this movie takes it down that uh, I, I felt like the worst, the worst side effect that this movie explores is is that hallucination one, which I actually didn't even know about. I didn't really know For, with the in the withdrawals. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know about hallucinations being uh, that connected to alcohol. I, I, I guess I, I'd never really thought about that. You know, I mean, it makes sense. And you know, dehydrating the body so much that. At some point, that's what would happen. But um, I mean, it's, it's possible that his body is so used to the intake of alcohol that, like, he doesn't. It's really, it's not like it's he's past the level of hangovers. Right, right. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. And I, and I did. I mean, he looked pretty fucked up. Like he did. He, looked, he did. Look, he looked he pretty. Did. He looked yeah. pretty strung out. And yeah. I'm sure there was some things of him like clutching his forehead or whatever. But. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, because it was about him withdrawing. So it's like mm-hmm. that's the that's his big problem. Is like he needs to have alcohol in his system at all times, and and if he doesn't, but then it's a question of why didn't he go on withdrawal during? Like, did he have the same problem before his ten day cleanse? Do you yes, know what I mean? Very good point. <laughs> like yeah. I just thought of that. Yeah. Like, has how did he how did he get clean? How did he withdraw then? You know, yeah. yeah. Was he not drinking yeah. as much at that point? But the way that he was, or maybe he was, or maybe he was nipping. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't actually clean. Maybe he would just like say that he's clean, but like take a couple 
you know, drinks when it, when his loved ones turn their backs. That's you right, know, that's right. I don't yeah. know. It, so it, it wasn't. It wasn't to- exactly. Yeah. So maybe he's not one to be trusted with with his word like that. But yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's a it's an important movie about addiction, and I'm sh- and like I don't think there were a lot of other mo- movies. I mean, I, I think for its time, not a lot of other big movies were talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. By the way, it, rem- it reminded me of two other other movies that I know you've seen. One of them, uh, Flight, yes. the Robert Zemeckis movie. Yep, I've seen that. Yeah, and like. I think it's it's not you know there's there's issues but it's a solid movie about alcoholism and like and and I noticed some parallels because like in this movie I felt like they used music to heighten every moment like every moment was like jam packed with these like suspenseful musical cues and like and like it it was almost like it felt choreographed yeah. in in a lot of places. Uh, like the way the camera uh, moved and and the way things unfolded with the music. And that was exactly the same thing I noticed about flight because, you know, we've talked about this moment in flight where he's, um, he's like leaving his hotel room and there's a tiny bottle of, of uh, booze sitting on the, on the shelf. Yep. I guess now that I think about it, it's not necessarily a musical moment, but it might as well be like it's holding on the bottle as he leaves and he, and he, and he leaves and we think that he's, you know, not going to take it. And then he doubles back and swipes it. And then the sound design, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like it's a really big accent. Yeah. It's like yeah. a big accent. It's like such a cinematic Hollywood moment for, <laughs> you know, a guy sitting in his room thinking about whether or not he's going to take the bottle. And like, I don't know. I, I, I see some parallels there. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. how to make, how to make it exciting. I would also add in terms of choices to like accentuate the story. Lost weekend felt like a fever dream. And I think it was also, it's the hmm. kind of music that they're using. It's the kind of music that I usually associate in my head with, eerie sci-fi or weird like like b-movie horror you know it's like it's didn't that, they use a that, theremin is, is that the name of the instrument but it's that, that yeah yes yeah, a know? theremin yeah and i was like yeah yeah Whoa, you know like or maybe thought, even a saw yeah that was a really interesting choice to use that yeah. instead of using an orchestra you know or, or even like actual songs in the picture i, I thought that like doing that Really, and and I think this connects to the time in which the movie was made, because there was still like hysteria. I think a, a little bit about drinking. When was Prohibition? When was that? I think it ended in the uh, in the late twenties. Because I'll, I'll look it up right now. Because talking, one of the yeah. characters referenced the end of Prohibition. Yeah, I went from sorry, it went from nineteen twenty to nineteen thirty three. Okay, so. We're talking, you know, like at least the time this movie came out in 45. So they probably shot it, you know, 44, let's 44, say, or three, you know, um, well, things were a lot. The turnarounds for, for movies were a lot faster. So it could have even been early 45 when they shot it. But, but like, anyway, go it, on. it's still not long after Prohibition. No. And, and what was interesting is still kind of how the public associated alcohol and and. and it's similar to how people were associating weed and reefer at the point, you know, with being like almost like a psychotic substance. You know? I because, I don't know about that. I, well, well, only because like they have that wing in the hospital and they don't have those wings anymore. Maybe you know? they should. Yeah. You know, like they had that wing in a hospital, which was literally meant to rehabilitate people who are going through extreme mental illness after drinking or or extreme yes mental and physical i would say because it was it was about people with basically trying to withdraw or who just got so strung out and i don't know that's a it's a good point it's a good point as to why why we don't treat it the same way or why it doesn't occupy the same role and i feel like it's because it's so pervasive like alcohol has just become I mean, maybe we've just gotten better at being like a functioning alcoholic society, but like it's become so pervasive that 
we don't we don't need a wing for it. It's just like <laughs> you just get you get dealt with. Yeah, or, you know. yeah. You know, I mean, uh, how many times in college? I, I know. Yeah. In college, I had some friends who almost died from alcohol yeah. poisoning, and all that would happen to them was that they would get sent to the hospital. They do the IV drip just to you know clean clean you out, you know clean out your blood, and then you get sent back the next morning. And it it, it was actually uh, I was on I was on set last week, and and a buddy of mine was telling me about you know one of his friends, <laughs> one of his friends got so fucked up they sent him to the hospital, cleaned out his blood you know like because of alcohol and substance abuse, and then he ended <laughs> and he he asked them to hurry up so that he could go to the next party, and that's exactly what they did. They they hurried up and, and like like as soon as he was hydrated <laughs> enough, he ended up at the next party. And then he's at the party, he's at the party with the the hospital. Oh bracelet, my god! And he's showing it off. He's like, yeah, oh man, I was god. like just at the emergency room, but like I'm back. And to me, that that was just you know like that just like that just popped in my head as I was watching yeah. the film that like Don is in this asylum wing of the of the hospital yes strictly for people who were who were drunks you know and 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 trying to recover and 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 uh and, and then like when at one point when he's trying to leave the doctor or the nurse is like yeah go ahead you know like try and leave and he tries to head to the door and he cannot open it and there's like police officers guarding it and they're not letting anyone through until at least there's some semblance of a road to recovery. And I thought that that was really interesting. I was wondering like how real and how true of that was to the time or how exaggerated it was for the film. Well, I mean, why would they, I don't I, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I just doubt that it was exaggerated very much, maybe a little bit for dramatic effect in terms of like how it looked or like, or whatever, but in, in terms of uh, its existence, like, I, I buy it. Um, yeah, I, our, our relationship to alcohol is just, it's gotten so much more casual in a way. Yeah. And like binge drinking is just, yeah, well, it's now it's just seen as something that everyone does when they're young. And then you learn in the years after college to like be a more responsible drinker. But like we definitely have come to look at it in a much different way in the sense that it feels like we're, we're a country of functioning alcoholics yeah. and, and no one's uh, and, and I'm sure it is a big problem for people, but it doesn't seem to be really uh, discussed much, uh, at least not among people I know. But yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm kind of just looking at like just the stats of, you know, uh, U S related alcohol deaths have grown nearly 50% in two decades. And then, wow. and, and then, yeah, last year, excessive alcohol use is responsible for more than 95,000 deaths in the United States. Jesus. Um, and that's straight from the CDC website. Wow. You know, uh, so, I mean, how many years? It's been almost 70 years since that movie, or more than 70 years since that movie came out, right? 45? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> how far have we come? Uh, you know, and at least you know, like uh, just in talking about parallels, it's funny how far have we come. And and I'm thinking about a movie like Another Round, where yeah. So well, let's get to that. What did you think of that? Well, at least like in themes and story, and I thought it's a it's a heartbreaking story. Just I think I think it's good for the audience at least to know you know that. So Thomas Vinterberg was initially writing this movie. He he wrote it as a play. Um, with uh, a guy named Tobias, Tobias, Tobias Lindholm, and um, but but he was inspired writing it, you know, because his daughter told him about the drinking culture in Denmark, and that was the the inspiration for the the film. And they wrote it as a play, and it was actually the movie was actually meant to be, in some ways, a celebration of alcohol and how freeing it could be, and. Um, you know, this tragic event happened and his daughter died in a, tr in a car accident when driving home with her mother and the mom survived, you know, thank God, but the daughter passed away. And after his daughter passed and he actually dedicated the movie to her, he decided to restructure the film and its message, you know, um, to be not necessarily like a celebration of what alcohol can do, but a celebration of life. And, 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 and in some ways, how alcohol 
does kind of free, you know, it does feel like uh, at least our main characters find some sense of freedom from it, you know, uh, you know, freedom and tragedy paired. And, and that duality I thought was really interesting because the movie, you, you know, Lost Weekend is just kind of a condemnation of it, you know, and, and like once he's off of it, he's, he's able to write his script, you know, when he's able to find some sense of focus. But at the end of another round, at least, which I think is, you know, I mean, sorry for jumping to the end and spoiling yeah, it for yeah, folks yeah. who haven't seen it, but you should see it. I thought it was actually another round I, I thought was like one of the greatest film endings that I've seen in I'm like, a few oh my years. God. I was like, yeah. I, I actually, uh, I was like <laughs> getting pretty misty eyed because it yeah. Was, it is so powerful and the friends are drinking after one of their best friends have passed, you know, due to their efforts, you know, to, to try and use alcoholism as a, as a support system. And after their friend passes away and after the, the funeral and they're all gathering together, kind of like memorializing him, then all of the students that graduated from their school are all partying, drinking. And right, the main right, character, right. he's just dancing. And I mean, talk about just just jubilant and and exuberant and 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 he had joked about and told his friends about how he was a jazz ballet dancer when he was younger. And throughout the whole movie, they've been egging him on when they were mm -hmm. drinking, trying to get him to dance, and he would not dance until the end of the movie. And he pulls off this incredible dance sequence, which is just it's just it's so real, it's so raw, it's incredible. And also, one of the best parts is his friend turning to him and saying okay, now is the time. And it's like, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, and it's like, and it also, you know, and their best friend had committed suicide and like, and they just basically came from the funeral oh. and it was like, and now all of these kids are celebrating and they're like, and he just looks at him. He's like, okay, now is the time. And like, and it's like, yeah, now is the time. Like, I, I don't know. It was it was insane, dude. It was it was unbelievable, man. What a like, life! What a life! What a beautiful track that they chose for that. Also, uh, by yeah, Scarlet Pleasure, right. um, <laughs> you know who? And, and, and you know, it, I, I always like a setup sometimes because I like I remember that I had I remember that song from the movie trailer and I'd seen the movie trailer like a year ago or whatever. And I remember like like at the end of the movie, just hearing that song again, it was also that was also pretty cathartic. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, that's a song for the trailer that you know like <laughs> You and your trailer. I know, I know. I love I love I love you know, like I love a good trailer. And I and I do remember another round's trailer being pretty, pretty it was poignant. good. Um but yeah, that that movie it, it, well uh, yeah, I was just trying to like look at how far we've come kind of seventy plus years later, you know, like and and what this story is also also doing in, ter in terms of just like a sense of freedom because the characters I actually thought at the end of the movie that the characters would deny the alcohol but it's like in a way I think I think in a way I think that they 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 learned how to use it correctly you know or at yeah. least in the in a, you know like it's by using I mean, it as a form of celebration and and not necessarily as some substance every day to make you better at what you do you know it's funny I when I first like was exposed to alcohol and drugs in high school, you remember, you know, Hank, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like Hank was really like, he started drinking a little bit before me and like, he was really into it and like, but we would just talk about alcohol. And I remember him saying something to me specifically about how it's not necessarily that alcohol makes you feel good. It's just that it makes you feel different and that we love, mm. we love to feel different it's like an alternate way of experiencing things and that's what we get addicted to. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the movie was still a in a sense, it was a celebration of alcohol because it's saying, here's something that can show you a portal into a different way of living life. Yeah. And these guys, especially the main character, I mean, this is the premise of the movie. Like he completely hit a dead end and then, and was miserable and sad and like, just lacked self-confidence and joy. And then they decided to start drinking to ba basically maintain their blood alcohol. alcohol. But I know it's the blood alcohol level. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, to, to maintain it at 0.5%. Yes. And then they start doing that and it starts to, to work really well. It enhances 
and he, they're all teachers, by the way. Yeah. And and Mads Mikkelsen, the main character, is a uh, history teacher. And he starts to teach with more like passion and verve and conviction. And he's engaging with the students more. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking we should have alcohol for this podcast. But we're doing this. At, we're doing this at ten thirty in the morning. So right, right, I don't know. Right, that's, yeah. We're not that hardcore. Yeah. But anyways, so it starts to go to go well for them, and then they start to up the dosage, and then it gets to the point where they're at like one point eight percent, and so they're just like trashed all day. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 like a thesis that they got from a philosopher that basically we were born with. 0.5% too low and that will just you would become a more functioning happy individual point being they they fly too close to the sun they start to drink too much and then they start to get into trouble and it just gets really out of hand in a way that's really funny and tragic and then and then basically the way it affects one of the friends one of these four guys who's like who doesn't have a family he doesn't have a girlfriend or, you know, a partner. And, um, and I think it shows him that like, okay, if all he has is, is the alcohol, then it's not a life worth living. And, and that's like, that was really sad. And then he takes heartbreaking, heartbreaking scene. When he's telling that scene, when he's, that scene, when he's on the doorstep, when he's on the doorstep. So the main character played by Mads Mikkelsen goes to his buddy's house. Who's, yeah, like the only single single guy out of the group. And he go he goes to his buddy's house and, you know, tries to help him recover and eat some dinner and to stop drinking, you know, because he stumbled into the school wasted and everyone was able to link the the alcohol use in the school to a, at least him being one of the culprits. And at that point, and- yeah, like when Mads is leaving, um, or what's his, his character's name rather, Martin, when Martin's leaving the house and, and he just looks at his buddy and he's just telling him like, yeah, man, you know, like we're all rooting for you, you, you and Anika, you know, and, his wife. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, he says something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, he's just like, this is, you know, for me, there's, there's nothing more here. You know, he says something to that effect of like, there's nothing more here. And, and Martin's like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, here, there's. This is, you know, like this is like the end of the road here for me, you know, and and then- yeah, he said he says something he says something cryptic and like final about his own life, but it's not like exact clear exactly because because Martin him and his wife had separated, yeah, and because um, she had had an affair, and he basically is like, we're rooting for you, like go live your live your life and you know and do what you have to do, and then like he turns away, and there's a sense of that something is really wrong, but it's not, it's not intense enough for him to go back and be like, don't, you know, don't kill yourself. Cause it wasn't that clear, but it was one of those classic moments of like, he can feel that something's wrong. And sure enough, that's like their last conversation. Yeah. And yeah, it's devastating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, you know, the one thing I will find interesting too, with these two movies is they are focused on on men and their relationship to alcohol the one thing you know the one thing i liked at least in in how just seeing how dynamics have changed was just like the agency given to anika in in another round her her role is pretty it's small i mean she's not in the movie that much but you know i i did like that she enjoyed how martin was becoming much more just alive and present in their family but at the same time you know like she had the agency to take the children and start her own life with, you know with someone else because that wasn't enough you know and and that that was kind of the inception of their you know their separation was was when when he's asking her you know like since he hasn't been present if she's been having fun elsewhere and she confesses to him that she hasn't been waiting for him whereas Helen yeah. in Lost Weekend, you know, I mean, we're going, we're, we're jumping back to, you know, where, where 90% of all the characters in these films, you know, had that American Atlantic accent, you know, no, darling, Don, you, you know, like you, you, you have to stop. I'm going to stay here all the weekend until you stop. I won't go anywhere. I'm coming back for you, you right. know, but like her persistence, yeah. you know, and, and is, is beautiful and also how they met, 
you know, like with the. It's beautiful, but it's not the, realistic. It's not realistic, you know, because she's just her love is so unconditional, and it's like, oh, darling, I anything, anything you need, darling, you'll be lovely. It's going <laughs> yes. to be lovely. I love you, darling. I love yeah. you. And it's like, what has this guy done for you? Like, this guy hasn't done shit. Like, yeah. he's just nothing. He's he's uh, like I love the dedication, but you know, yeah. And wait, I just want to double back though, just to be clear. Uh, she had that affair in another round. She had the affair before he started drinking. Before he started drinking, yes, yeah. yeah. Or at least it, and, it had begun before then, yeah, for sure. And did you notice one line that I, or one moment that I, I thought about after the movie? when they um were on vacation or they went camping together on that canoe trip right mm -hmm. which is a great sequence great and sequence. um and then they like have passionate sex in a tent him and his mm -hmm. wife and then after she's she's like oh man I, i've missed you yeah and then she said it was all it's almost been too long mm. and and then there's that moment and because that whole like chapter in the movie ends with like this like black slug yeah and um which is just a black <laughs> it's a moment of blackness. And, um, but, but the last thing that we see is him like looking toward the camera, kind of like thinking about what she said. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing that he was thinking about because that the implication of that is because you haven't been present for me for so long, I went and slept with some, somebody else mm -hmm. or started to fall in love with somebody else. And that could very well ruin the marriage. And it, and it almost does. And yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's heavy shit. Yeah, um, it, is, it is beautiful at the end because because he he tries to get her back after <clears throat> after his friend passes and um you know him him becoming more sober he does try to win her back when when they when they're talking about who has the kids on what weekend after they separated and then when he gets that first off oh and you know jumping into just directorial choices yeah another round. And it's funny, I was just on a text thread with some other filmmaker friends I know, about this. I feel this. you know what you're about to say. Another round has some of the classiest use yes. uh -huh. of texting on film I was, that I have ever seen. I was about to say the exact same thing. I have point. a huge, huge problem with texting on film. And it annoys me almost every time because I just pay attention to those kind of visuals. I know some people just don't mind, but I, you know, I get annoyed seeing motion graphics. I get annoyed seeing just like a text screen. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't like how the camera catcher captures the light from a phone. I think then sometimes the phone becomes dated because I mean, Apple comes out with a new phone every year. Samsung has a new phone every year, whatever Android, etc. you know, whatever. But like, I just thought it was there are no close ups of phones in this movie. Exactly. Yeah. And what he does is every time a character is sending a message or typing something on a computer, instead of doing some like really crazy zoom in or motion graphics of the computer, it cuts the black and it's just font, uh, 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 white text, like white fucking serif. Times, yeah. Serif. Yeah. Times New Roman, whatever, text on just pure black screen. And it is so classy because what it does is it makes the text feel like 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 this Important. generation's literature in some in some visual literature mm -hmm. in a way. And it's just it is so rich, even even in it text just, messages it, and numbers, yeah. it's sexy. It's sexy, yeah. And, and it elevates it elevates those moments. Yes. And and usually any text message thing does the exact opposite where it completely deflates the moment and this managed to elevate it. And it's yeah. like Thomas. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you it, it, it's, I'm not, I'm not, look, it, it, I, I saw this movie called Zola, which um, mm. recently, and I'm only bringing that up because Zola is a movie that was inspired by a story that was told on Twitter. And the movie utilizes a lot of motion graphics and text effects and, you know, and like screens and multiple screens and it, it, just to make it feel like, a, you know, Generation Z movie. Yeah. But I found it to be, it was cool. And, and I actually love that the movie was shot on 16 mil or 30, you know, I know it was shot on film, but what, what, what it just took me out of a gr grounding the film. And like you said, just elevating it, you know, and making those, those moments hit when people are texting because it, it just, 
there's just sense some some sense of artifice when I see these screens and digital, you know, text. I think the last time I saw it done well was in the social network. I thought David Fincher found a way, at least with the lensing and the filters in front of the lenses, at right. least to just make the anything like on screen in the computers. It, they they felt a little bit more rooted in the in the movie and not you know like some some artificial motion graphics component added onto it um, mm-hmm. just to you know stylize things and and i think yeah because we've been doing like what when did we first start texting really like probably 2008 or 2006 yeah. like when when that really became part of the fabric of our of our communication and like yeah at first it was kind of a novelty and it felt like you know, look at how, look at how cool and advanced and and technological our our lives are. And then people would want to show this off in movies and be like, you know, bring in this tech element. Yeah. But now, a movie like Another Round has nothing to do with technology. It's not a few. This movie could basically be set at any time any in history. Time. Yeah. And it's like, and and text messages and emails and all this shit have become so ingrained in our lives they're so natural to us it doesn't feel like special or techy or futuristic at all and this movie didn't offer us any of that and i was grateful yeah you know what i mean it doesn't feel like that to us so it shouldn't feel like that in the, in, the, in a movie and it shouldn't stick out yeah no I, I felt i felt yeah the same way about that so you know kudos yeah. to thomas on that but Kind of jumping back to just like the use of female characters, I just thought about. I, I actually don't think I've ever seen a movie about a female character struggling with alcoholism. Frank, you know, I, I think the closest I, I can think yeah. of is like is Monster. You know, um, the serial, uh, the Charlie Theron. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've Patty, never seen that. Pa- Patty, full. Patty Jenkins movie. Right, uh, right, right. I don't even know. It's not even. She's not really like. I mean, the movie is more about her being a. You know. It's the substance, and she's doing drugs and serial killing, and you know it's a lot more. And and she's a prostitute also, so I, I think that that movie is about so many more things than uh, struggle with addiction in that way. It just got me thinking about just why is this is this a com you know much more of a common problem in men than we see in those who are who at least identify as women, you know, or is it something? You know, is there just a lack of that that kind of storytelling, uh, you know, or at least people getting those stories made about women who struggle with addiction in those ways as well? Because it, it just th- these movies are just so masculine and, and male centric, and and so many of the, the the reference points that I have for these movies are all about are about men, you know. So yeah. that was just a thought that I had, kind of coming out from both of these movies. Yeah, we we tend to associate that that issue with with men, but I don't think that's I don't think that's like accurate. But yeah, I'd be curious to know the stats on that. Yeah, yeah. At least when I'm looking at the NIH, you know, they're basically saying research shows that alcohol and misuse amount around you know women is also increasing. So it it'd be nice to you know because there are moments in both of the movies where the female characters decide to have a drink or share a drink with the main character. And uh, even at the end of this film, I thought it was a really interesting choice that when Anika decides to see Martin for the first time after they separated, and it's been some time, we're not privy to exactly how much time it's been, but we know that they're separated and they're talking about what weekends the kids can go to where, but he's waiting for her. And then the waiter comes and he asks, you know, if they want anything to eat. And Martin is just drinking seltzer and she orders yeah. some, a glass of white wine. And as he tries to basically make a move, you know, on her and, and win her back and profess, you know, his love to her, she's just gulping down her white wine <laughs> yeah. in front of him, knowing what he went through. And, I, and, and his friend just passed away. And I thought that was really interesting. I mean, yeah, to me, that was saying that the wife had yet to be enlightened in the ways of alcohol like he was like he'd been exposed to a way of looking at alcohol where it wasn't just something that you did to like escape the moment you know and it's like that is the way a lot of people drink it's like when something's stressful or depressing or hard then they will 
drink, not necessarily because they're an alcoholic, but just because it's like a balm for that moment. And like, but that's a, but compared to these four teachers, like they're on a completely different wavelength. That's not how they use alcohol at all. And it's, and honestly, yeah, they overdid it and it's not sustainable, but it is a healthier relationship to alcohol than, than she has. Yeah. But it's like, but who's the one with the problem? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is interesting. I mean, that's so much. That's so much of what what the movie's about for me. It's like, it's all about what you do with with these things in your life. It's like, as a, it can be a hindrance or it can be a a huge asset. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, alcohol is really powerful. It can ch- it changed this guy's life. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't go. Yeah, I think <laughs> I know it's not a prescription that I would make to anyone like like oh yeah, just start drinking regularly and like yeah, your life will turn around. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> but it's a good it's a great premise and like and my friend I recommended to a friend of mine who's like not a film guy, but in the sense that he's not a filmmaker or anything. Yeah. But uh, but I just know him and I was like I was like dude, you have to watch this movie ASAP. And he texted me last last night and he was like not gonna lie, I'm thinking about trying this 0.5 ABB <laughs> ABV thing. Like it's <laughs> right, right. I, and and I, I like that you referenced that point that 0.5 blood alcohol level because the one another thing that that I thought was fascinating in this movie in another round specifically was how Vinterberg references uh, and Tobias. You know how their screenplay they they chose to use alcohol like the science of it and then referencing that Norwegian philosopher and then um, the politicians. And yeah. there's, there's a key sequence in the movie where we're looking at, you know, archival footage of a bunch of politicians, Winston Churchill, you know, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, and, and all these guys basically using just a little bit of alcohol before Senate hearings, before, uh, you know, uh, uh, go, going to Capitol Hill, um, before giving speeches to the American right. people and what that alcohol was doing for their strength and confidence and charisma, you know, and making them just seem more grounded, you know, and, and likable, um, which I thought, you know, like how they connected that to, you know, the, the politicization. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought was I thought was a fascinating well, it was a fascinating kind of like, you know, kind of a, a, a texture to add and also gave the movie, you know, we're always talking uh, uh, for those who don't know me and Jeff, Jeff, we both love scope in our movies. Right. You know, and like I loved that because that just added a nice layer of scope to it. You know, not only is the movie such a personal story about this group of friends, but also in talking about philosophy and how, you know, people that we find to be our idols um you know are all imperfect yeah but it's also like i think it's just to me that was just making the and i love the way they did it and i love the fact that they went there but it also just made the basic point of like these are the most powerful people in the country or sorry in the world or in world history and like they are responsible for so much and there is a very good chance that these people are heavy consistent drinkers Mm -hmm. and that it's like well maybe maybe there's a reason for that and um it was it was funny i mean and i love the way they just went into that sequence like it was such a ballsy editing thing where it was just it like there's some beautiful montage sequences like the music just carried us into into that archival footage and like you just don't question it and like the only other one of the only other filmmakers I think who does that well is Spike Lee, where it's like he'll just be like, "All right, now we're gonna look at this stuff." Yeah, you know? yeah, and th- yeah. that's like that was my favorite thing about Black Klansman, how he started and ended with all of that contemporary archival footage. Yeah, and he was it just like so well, Scorsese yeah. obviously beautifully too, you know, um, cutting towards you know cutting to archival stuff too. Yeah, I, I, I will say the screenplay for. Another round wasn't perfect. I didn't well, think. What, what did you think? I, I what just, would you change there was it? just like a section of the movie. I think it, it was when they first started. When they first started drinking, it, it just, it did feel like, like I liked the directing, but 
I knew what what the next twenty minutes of the movie were gonna be, and it just took a long time to get through it to just show each character drinking, and to show okay now he's drinking and now he's at the soccer field, Interesting. Uh, you know you know like training the kids at the soccer field like one of the friends and now he's got more confidence at the soccer field, now let's show him and then now he's teaching the classroom and it just it did kind of it was a little bit of a slog to get through some of that just characters drinking and and seeing them confident it, those went on for a little long i thought i just i was like cuz i just knew exactly what was going to happen once they started drinking my head already filled right. up what those scenes would be and then the timing is that like now like i'm seeing like you know 5 minute 10 minute long scenes of exactly what those scenes are not necessarily opening my eyes to anything new and and it really was, yeah, hmm. yeah. Interesting. I just thought that, like, you know, like, yeah, that, no, I, I get that it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Quicker. And, and I even thought when it comes to drinking between fr- friends, you know, like the, sc- the screenplay could have been a little, it, it could have been interesting if they introduced just a little bit of conflict between buddies. Because, look, <laughs> when me, you, Michonne, Mike, or yeah. frankly, when I drink with any of my close buddies, four of us, I'm sorry, especially when you add the number four to to you know masculine guys. Yeah, some someone gets annoying. <laughs> I'm sorry, somebody. Not every. It's not all hugging and you yeah. know it is uh, some of that. That's fair. But that's there's fair. always one homie who pushes it or says something and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, man. So like, did you fuck your wife yet? And it's just like, dude, chill. <laughs> you know, and, and I actually I would have liked. When they started drinking a moment like that, when they were hanging out, I would have liked to see just a little bit of conflict within their, That's within, a good their within the within the like four homies, because that would have made me care even more about the friends, because that's what friends do is like when you do start drinking, you push buttons a little bit further. And I saw them pushing buttons uh, to their, you know, to, to folks mm. outside of their group, but not within their their unit. And, it's a, good, and, it's a really I, good point. It would have been interesting to see them do that. But talk to me when you're in your 40s and you're a and you're a school teacher living in Denmark. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're the way you talk to your friends might be a lot different. You may not give a fuck at all. But no, I I, I generally agree with you. But it's different when you're like, you know, in your mid 20s and you're like. Yeah, there's just there's just different energy, but yeah. I, I mean, but if I, but yes, if I were writing it, I would definitely have a lot more constant low grade conflict as a way of just showing that these guys are in a room together. That's right. that's true. That right, is right. low grade. Not like I'm not yeah. talking like I didn't need like you know just low grade, just jabs. You know. Just to like yeah. make me feel like, ooh, okay. You know, like, like making fun of each other or like taking the piss out of each other. Like yeah. that's that's true. That's a good point. They the the acting among those guys was pretty great though. Oh like, yeah. Oh my god. But they were but it's true. Now that I'm thinking more critically, like that one guy, like the guy who types it all up, the the psychologist mm-hmm. guy. He was a little happy-go-lucky for me. He was like, very happy. He yeah. was very like, "Oh, everything is great. I'm a jo- I'm just a jolly, uh, holly jolly man," and like nothing, nothing bothered him. It seemed yeah. like he was he was just a, a ray of light. And uh, yeah, who needs that? In fact, I, I'm having trouble. I'm having when I think back on the movie, I have trouble distinguishing in terms of their personality and look between the soccer coach who kills himself and the um and the music teacher i i i also as a matter of fact while i was watching the movie i also was like wait who is the fourth guy yeah you yes <laughs> yes yeah there was a here. moment where i was like wait who is the fourth guy again and then it wasn't until i saw his face at one point when he was walking down the hallway with i think that student that he ends up giving alcohol to you know like, oh yeah, so that yeah he yeah. can like have like a little bit more uh, energy, you know, like, yeah, like, so th- that, that was, you know, like just to distinguish, especially those two homies to distinguish them just a little bit more, we could have used wait, a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. So the mu- the music teacher was the one who gave him alcohol for the exam, right? It would have to, it have to have been right. Cause it, it, it wasn't the psych. Probably. It wasn't the psych. It wasn't the psych. It wasn't guy. the psych guy and it wasn't the coach. Yeah. But why yeah, would the, the music, music, but why would the music teacher be involved in that? Like, why would he be giving these hardcore exams? That didn't 
I don't know about that. Let's let's table that. And it was even it was uh, that the uh, this this is like again like the writing was it was good because thematically every time the you know like uh, I I always think about when film directors and writers like when when they put in a moment from like a school or something or a character needs to talk about like something that they're working on and it has to tie into the theme of the movie, you know, because that kid, uh, it was very specific. Like they give that kid alcohol and not only does the music teacher give him the alcohol, which I think it was the movie music teacher as well. But then like the, the exam is for the kid to recite failure, you know, yeah, and, like, yeah. you know, he, he recites these quotes about, about being a failure and persevering past failure and why yeah. you need failures you know, like in your life and, and it's recognizing them, you know, being able to pass, to move forward. And I was like, damn, like, I don't remember being in high school asked to recite some shit about, <laughs> you know, like some fucking like, Voltaire, Pascal, like, <laughs> you know, like. They're like, it's like, they really know that this is for international audiences because all of us are thinking, wow, in Denmark, they really go deep on these exams. But the truth is probably in Denmark, they don't fucking study that shit. Come on, like, dude. It's like, yeah, like we yeah. take a fucking Regents exam, you know, and the SATs <laughs> and it's always something so random that has nothing like, to do with what's going yeah, on. It's like, re- yeah, this is re- like reading comprehension. It's just like, I don't know who wrote this reading comprehension prompt, but like, yeah. Um, oh but there was that gr- great line of him being like, can you give an example of failure or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, I'm failing right now. And it was nice, but it was, it did feel like, a f- you know, kind of like breaking bad writing where it's like, okay, every single thing that they teach is going to relate to the fucking theme of the episode <laughs> just perfectly. Like, uh-huh, this is the real world. Like, give me oh, a break. Man. But, you know, <laughs> overall, two overall, exceptional films. Overall, um, another round to me is a, is an instant classic. Like yeah. in my, in my in my opinion, like I, it I, just yeah. Like flaws flaws aside, I didn't feel like any of those flaws got in the way of the movie really and the heart of the movie is so fucking strong. Yeah. And frankly, I mean a movie is as good as its ending and another round's ending is it packs a punch. It packs a punch stronger than I'd say even, you know, Lost Weekend I loved some of the just like the sequences within the movie and I like how it opened. You know, the ending the ending is sweet. It ends kind of like a lot of films did at that time, you know, where you pan out and you see the city skyline and uh the string is hanging, you know, like outside of the window again, but there's no alcohol there and and that was like beautiful. You know, and that's but, where, and that's where they get the scope in because he's like, just think how many other people, how many other oh, men right. there are out here, <laughs> yeah, uh, in the world that's struggling the with the same same thing of the bottle, yeah, and like, yeah. I gotta say, with Lost Weekend, like, the only thing that didn't age particularly well with it for me was like this cliche of of him being a writer maybe i've just seen too many things but it's like i am a writer all i want to do is write and when i when i get sober i'm gonna write my novel and it's called the bottle and and it's just like give me a fucking break like (laughs) billy wilder (laughs) is turning in his grave like man this motherfucker's in (laughs) no i mean yeah yeah. at the time maybe it was totally original but i was At, at least at the time watching it, I was kind of like, okay, he's a writer. He's yeah. a fucking writer. I get it. Kudos to Vinterberg bringing back that freeze frame in the end. That was fucking great. I love it. it. What, what freeze frame? The like movie, the very last. Yeah, the very last <laughs> shot ends on a freeze frame of him about to leap into the into the water. <sighs> he like dies. And it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a, like I, I thought freeze, freeze frames were dead, you know, for the past few years. <laughs> but. Vinterberg, he brought it back. That shit is excellent, excellent work. So. I would, I would recommend stuff that you check out. The Hunt. Have you heard of that? Oh, it's yeah, another, that's, that's it's another Mickelson, Mickelson Vinterberg. Yeah, it's fucking so good. It's, okay. it's also very, uh, yeah, great, great premise. Very timely movie. Oh. Anyway, I think we got to run, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you everybody for tuning into uh, Diesel and Reeser. This is our first, our first go at it. We got a, another, another one for you next week. Um, well, an- another round next week. Another round next week, baby. And everybody out there, you know, um, who who likes to drink, drink responsibly. You yes, know, and yes. to, to all, all the families and and folks who have, 
you know, people who have suffered from addiction, you know, definitely um, seek help, you know, where you can find it. We love you. And thank you so much and talk to you guys soon. Peace out.